You have now arrived at Stadium Engale. and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Steady Miguel. It's your Uncle Silk. It's your boy, 35, All-American. And your boy, Dapper Dan. How y'all feeling this? I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Last week, I felt a little, a little humility in my, in my heart and, and soul. This week, I'm back to braggadocious Silk. How you feeling, Dan? I'm feeling good. I was uh, I was the first one to, uh, to start to call people out that had already given up. There was a lot of people in Gator Nation that had given up after the first drive on uh, on Saturday, but your boy stood in the paint all game and already was able to sit back and relax for for most yeah, I was of the game. I was taking betting wages while we were down, bro. It's just how I'm feeling with with my man Daniel mm. scheming Daniel at the helm, bro. That's right. You can always trust Daniels, you know. Uh, Never no, let you down. I think I think Dan Mullen let her though. So yeah. Oh, look. good point. It's yeah, levels yeah. to the Daniel. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. How you feeling, Black? Oh man, I'm great, man. I'm great. My team won over the weekend. I, I mean, see my man Stephen Garcia wanted to do some some wagering on the timeline. How did that work out for you? Stephen Garcia got in the messages, man, and really just <laughs> had a different. He had a different <laughs> point. He wanted points and all that. So I don't know how you know. Shout out to Garcia, but man, I can't get you no points. I, I mean, <laughs> my, dog, my dog say I am not a bookie. I am just a. Nah, I'm all American trying to make some bets, bro. Not a boogie. I'm not I can't, can't do all that. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Already, man. Uh, beautiful game, man. We pulled up in South Carolina. It was pouring down, raining. We got some cold weather. Uh, after a big game, right before bye week, a lot of variables that could have set up, set us up for a nice trap game. But we we got the victory on the road. What's your overall take on it, Dan? Before we get into the fine details. You know, it's a good win. It's a good gritty win. You know, they they came out. You know, they were they're coming off a big win. You know, emotions were high, and then they they just marched down the field the first drive of the game. So you know, it, it's easy to you know, to, especially when it's a what a noon game. So you know, it's tough to get out there. The rain's not good. They have emotions high. Florida came off a you know a tough loss, and you know came were able to bounce back. And um, you know, I'm proud of the way that that team played. You know, there are some players that you know we haven't heard a lot about much this season. Jacob Copeland had his best game as a Gator. Zach Carter had his best game as a Gator. Uh, so there's some, you know, some unsung heroes of that game. So um, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, there's definitely a lot to work on and some injuries to recover from, but I um, feel pretty good about the other uh, Gators win. Black. Oh, I felt, I felt great. I felt great. So still some things we got to clean up. Um, came out uh, a little bit, you know, flat a little bit. Uh, I feel like because of, um, you know, the weather and whatnot, whatever the case may be, uh, we got to go in in the second half. Uh, we, we we stepped up in our defense. Uh, we we played played well on the back end. Uh, a little bit better in in, in the front seven uh, with pass rush. Um, Zach Carter did play well. Copeland did play well. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm still excited about Pitts. You know, every time we throw in the ball, I just get excited because I know every time he probably gets it, it's a big play. Swain, of course, come through with a big play. Um, but all in all, I, I was I was I was very pleased with our team. Um, now it's time to heal up and get ready uh, on this bye week. 
All right, before we get into the, uh, I want to I jump into the South Carolina recap. Dan, uh, shoot us with the uh, Georgia Pecan read real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Big shout out to our friends over at South Georgia Pecan. I uh, gave them a shout out on the timeline today. They sent us some Halloween goodies. Um, you Woo! guys said that you guys don't want uh, pecans or, or peanuts or almonds for, for Halloween to give out, but I'll, uh, I'll take them any time of the year. So uh, big shout out to them. Friends over at South Georgia Pecan, as always, uh, anything that you need for fundraising, gifting, snacking, Halloween, holidays are coming up. Whatever you guys might want, give them a call, 800-732-2646. Uh, go to georgiapecan.com. Uh, pecans, almonds, granola, cashews, pistachios, pistachios. Um, give them a call um, or, or check them out. Uh, code 10% off, SGP 10 off. Again, 800-732-2646, georgiapecan.com. Coupon code SGP 10 off. Big shout out uh, to everybody that's been sponsoring them. So, yeah, right now I'm, I'm like munching on this little pecan turtle. They say, man, my package just came in today, bro. It busting. I ain't a lot to you. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah but, you know, dope, it, dope basket. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a dope basket. It's not just like pecans and almonds. I mean, the last one was awesome too, but they threw in some yogurt pretzels in there, threw in mm -hmm. some, some rolls in there. They threw in uh, some white chocolate Oreos. I mean, you need snack wise. They got you. Yeah, they got you, bro. They're holding it down. Big munchies. All right, let's, let's get into it, man. First half, uh, it rained the whole game, but it seemed yeah. like Kyle got, Kyle got a little more comfortable with throwing a wet ball in the second half. He was a little inaccurate on some throws and missed some stuff here and there in the first half. How do you feel about uh, Kyle Trash's game and his bounce back in the, in the second half? Yeah, I mean, we, we knew that the game was going to be tough. I mean, being in the rain, I mean, threw, ended up throwing up for, what, 200 yards or so. So, uh, you know, once you got comfortable, I mean, you know, South Carolina and Will Muschamp, you know, whatever their record's going to be on the year, you know that they're going to put up a good stout defense. And they had a strong defensive line, a couple of, uh, you know, a couple strong uh, folks in the back seven there as well. So uh, I thought he looked I thought he looked more comfortable, not only just throwing the ball, but I think he made um, some better decisions towards the middle and the end of the game that we've seen some some big progression from him and being able to run the ball and take the ball. Uh, when, you know, maybe a route's not open. So um, I thought he did well. I mean, the conditions are going to be tough and you're playing a pretty good defense. And like I said, it's a defense that, uh, you know, was coming off a big win against Georgia and, uh, you know, in a crowd that was in the game. So I give him uh, give him credit for being able to bounce back. But 33, uh, 21 for 33, 200 yards, four touchdown passes. He had the one interception that I don't know if that was just a, a misread by him or by the wide receiver. It just it, it looked like the whole play just kind of fell through because it went right into the uh, – to the cornerback, uh, it looked like but, uh, it sailed on him a little bit. Yeah, hey, maybe, but you know, ultimately, I thought he, I thought he did all right. Yeah, I think, I think, I think he did well. Um, you know, like I said, it was, it was slow um, from from the start, um, but then we picked it up and ultimately uh, got the job done. Um, I think what I'm most impressed about is him progressing as a player every single week. Um, and that's Absolutely. one thing I, I, you know, I know other people have noticed because I, I definitely have. Um, we don't have to talk about the same, you know, the same shit week after week after week. You know, I feel like every week he's progressing as a player, and that's what's progressing our offense uh, to, to do better and be better every week. Now, quick question, Black, because it was rain, so I want to get your perspective and, and uh, from from experience. What what do you, what do you guys? Is there any difference in the game plan when it, when a quarterback got to pitch the ball around a lot in the rain? Do you guys play it different, or what's your what what have you experienced in the past with that? Because we was pitching that ball around a lot when it was wet. Man, it's it's just weird because I you know I, I don't I don't remember a time with it. I mean the rain game. I think Florida State threw us five interceptions that game. So I, I don't know if they was trying to really throw it around or we was just biting on everything. But usually from my experience, this team would try to mostly run the ball because 
they're not trying to put it in the air because the, the ball is sell, the ball may be heavy from the water or whatnot. Yeah, you got you have the fans that been uh, been on record. Just everybody want us to abandon the run and 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 just throw the ball a lot, go air raid. But games like you just seen uh-huh. last week is the reason why you can't. Then the fans flip it and say, "Oh, we need to run the ball." The thing about running the ball is you got to do it a lot to be good at it. You can't just decide, mm-hmm. "Oh, we gonna shut yeah. it down." It's a mentality thing. It's a cohesion thing, a chemistry thing. So it's something you got to do to get better. If you if you're bad at it, you can't just stop because the laws of football are, are never gonna lie. Events you got to run the ball. Damian Pierce had a big run, and and and, and also my man P. Ryan was 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 productive. How you feel about us running against probably the best defensive front, uh, according to stats? A lot of people saying South Carolina defensive front was going to cause us some problems. And I, and I like the way we held our own. What's your guys' opinion, mm-hmm. opinion on that? Well, yeah, I, th- I thought well, this was – No, I was just going to say, before you go, down too, man, but also, you know, to piggyback off Silk, uh, we just – you know, you can't be one-dimensional. Um, I know you say you can't just, you know, go air raid. Man, once teams know you one-dimensional, they get a good pass rush. They get a four-man rush. They can pin their ears back and drop seven. So, you know right. – they won't even have to really, you know, have, really have to blitz you or anything. So, and then vice versa. If you're running the ball every single time, we're just going to load the box up if you can't throw. So, you cannot be one-dimensional. So, your running game will open up your passing game. Go ahead, uh, Dan. My bad. Yeah, no, I was going to give a shout-out to the offensive line, too. You know, I mean, there's still there's still some struggles on the uh, the right tackle side of the line. But ultimately, I thought that they probably had one of their, their best games of the season, if not their best. And, you know, they've improved drastically since that Miami game. So, you know, big shout out to them. And, you know, I don't think, you know, we've said this on this podcast that, you know, our running game isn't struggling because our running backs aren't talented to be able to do it. It's just, you know, we, we've been struggling and run blocking and everything else. But, you know, big shout out to those guys. I know South Carolina is about three and four now, uh, but they do have a pretty nasty, you know, front four there. And to, to be able to run on them and break a couple big runs in the rain where, you know, the ground is wet, it's a little bit slippier, you're, you're just not going to get, uh, you know, the same type of um, you know, traction that you might get in a, uh, in a better game. But, you know, big shout out to the offensive line. I thought that they did great, uh, you know, this game. And it was great to see Damian Pierce, you know, on that too, you know, big shout out to the wide receivers, um, you know, blocking too, you know, the, you had um, – uh, Sure. Was that – who was it? Was that Co- Cleveland on the block? Was it Cleveland? Uh, uh, no, it was Cleveland. Yeah, no, no. it was Cleveland on the, the, the long uh, run by Damian Pierce. But big shout-out to him. But big shout-out to the run blocking as a whole um, – or um, uh, wide receivers blocking as a whole. Um, Want to give a – yeah. I mean, basically everybody, you know, really is, is enhancing the run game. Also, man. Yeah. We, Go ahead, Black. We got to – Talk, we got to talk about that too. Uh, so we got to talk about how our receivers are blocking on the edge. I think we have phenomenal uh, edge on the edge blocking. Um, and I look at other teams, and you know, I'm gonna call no names, but they're awful on on, on the outside blocking. And that, that takes some real skill to be able to to block somebody, stop block a, a, a defensive back running full speed at you, or, or you know, trying to make a move on you. You got to make that block so your receiver can can get get some yardage. Um, I think we're doing a great job on the outside with our blocking. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to Keaton that, that calls in the, from London into the big three roll-up. He pointed that out on same energy Sunday. We had three touchdowns that came from wide receiver blocking. One of them <laughs> shouldn't have been a blocking, but my man Hammonds got, got to the DB earlier <laughs> and may have been offensive pass interference, but it goes to show you how important blocking is for Dan Muller's offense. It springs a lot of big plays. If you can't block, Billy G ain't going to play you, man. So any receiver that we have on that grass going to block. That's just what it is. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, the, the first thing that they do in practice every week is is doing uh, doing wide receiver blocking. So, uh, you know, it's paying off. It's paying dividends. And you know, any help that you can get, 
uh, you know, from those guys is, is going to help our rushing attack, which we, you guys just mentioned. It's going to help your passing attack too. So uh, Black said he can't be one-dimensional. Obviously, that's something that we know. Uh, you know, but so it's going to take a whole, you know, concerted team effort. And I love this way. I love the way this team plays for each other. It seems like they're all in it to win it together and not just individually like we've seen in the past, uh, you know, in the, in the past. Yeah, I, I definitely, I think, you know, this, this team is, is becoming more and more um, close knit as a team. You know, every time I see these guys that, you know, they, they're together, um, you know, more and more. And uh, I feel like these guys do play for each other. And, and you know, that's, that's the, the winning mentality. That's what the, the mentality you got to have to in order, in order to be great, in order to be a champion. Nothing I want to discuss is uh, our run defense. Um, it's been time to time we've been getting gassed a little here. We got gassed quite a bit in the LSU game with some runs. And also this past week, I know Jabari Zuni is out. And I also know that uh, Grenard is out. But it's something going on in the trenches where we're giving up that draw play a lot. Ahmad, from your experience, or what what will the defensive coordinator do to change that up? Because that draw play we get hit on a ton, and it's for big yardage. All you got to do is because what's happening is that when they're snapping the ball, the linebackers are doing, and second level guys are doing what they're told or what they ask. You know, if we drop it in our zone, we need to get our head to our zone, and now get your head at the quarterback. What problem is we're getting our head back too too slow. I feel like so by the time that's happening. Or we 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 think a pass and we getting our pass drops and then they coming back with the with the underneath run. I just think we just need to you know keep our head on the swivel a little bit faster. Um, you know, get our head back a little bit quicker. Are we, we standing in our rushing lanes? Yeah, we there. We okay. just ain't when we when we when we taking our zone drop. We getting our head back so slow. You see what I'm saying? Because it looked like yeah, a pass almost. You know, so obviously you know it's a fake faking the pass basically. So they drop into their run zones and you know he just handing it off. I just think it's going to be key with, with stopping that play and, and running the ball, period, because I think Georgia is going to need that to beat us. Like, from is not going to be able to drop back and beat us. I think Washington Georgia's offense, they're going to have to lean on Swift and hand the ball off a lot. So I just want us to be playing to run better before we get to Jacksonville, and pretty much we got a bye week before to, to clean up some mess. Oh, we, we stuffed the run against Georgia? We're going to beat them because it's going, it's going to cause them to throw the ball. From throw the ball a lot, they lose. Correct. And what happens is, you know, Swift get the ball in 35, what is his name? I forgot his name, Heron, Heron or something like that. Uh, Correct. Number 35. He get the ball and, and, and shit, they, they make big plays and make make stuff happen with him. Well, you got to limit the big plays and limit the run and make Fromm beat you. When Fromm got to beat you, they, they lose or they in close games. Okay. Uh, we got some young pups that made some plays, man. Uh, we got to see Amari Bernie at the star position. Uh Blanketed Brian Edwards, uh, South Carolina's best receiver. Blanketing him down the field, man. We didn't see a lot of them. We seen Bernie at some linebacker, but when he was at that start, I like everything I seen. You think we probably wrong with that look going forward? What's your opinion on the star position? Both of you guys. You gonna take Yeah, I mean we took we talked a little bit about it last week in a mod. I'm gonna say mine first because then I don't have to follow you and you're obviously eminently more qualified to talk about this than I am. Um but, you know, I think, you know, we talked about it with, you know, throwing Marco, um, you know, into that star position. And then, you know, this week we saw Amari Bernie. I, I thought Amari Bernie played great. I think he might even be, you know, he probably played the best in the back, you know, field maybe during the game on uh, on on Saturday. You know, he might even be one of Florida's better safeties um, if you throw him back there. I thought he did really, really good. Um, obviously, you want to see him get more burn back there to hopefully, uh, you know, continue to get better. But I thought he stepped in 
you know, really, really well that game. Um, Black, obviously, you have a different perspective on it. Um, not necessarily different opinion, but different perspective. So, so what are your thoughts and break that down for us? Yeah, I, I like I like Bernie in the, in the star position. Um, you know, because he he brings a um, a different a different gratitude to the game because he, he he's he's a speedster. Um, and you know he's not extremely fast, but he's a guy I feel like they can keep up with the um, with with the slot receivers. Uh, they did try to try him deep uh, <laughs> on like a slot on a slot like a slot fade or something like that. And he, uh, did he did he pick it off? Or he knocked it down. So. Yeah, he knocked it down. He, he knocked, knocked it down. Yeah, he didn't, okay, he didn't yeah. pick it off. Yeah, but but oh. he 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 was he was right there. So um, you know, as, as he get more comfortable at that position or you know whatever he, we put him at, um, I felt like he'll be a little bit better. I like I like him out there though. I like the burn that he's getting. I like the rotation in our secondary though. Um, you know, I feel like we we can we could put you know ample amount of guys at any position. You get what I'm saying? And we got our young guys some looks this you know early in the year. So I'm not even afraid even if we had to put them out there for a player or two. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I like the versatility. I, I'm getting a little concerned, though. I mean, I'm just not seeing. I mean, I think Trey Dean had a better game. You know, he had a couple of big plays, especially at the beginning. And yeah. on the second drive, he had a big play. And, and I think he had a, a couple in the second half. But, you know, I'm starting to get concerned um, because we're still not rotating. Or we're still rotating safeties a bunch. It seems like we're still. That's spooky. That's yeah. spooky, spooky. Yeah. It just seems like there, there's something off, and I'm not exactly sure why, but, you know, you would think seven games into the season we, we we shouldn't be rotating as much as we had. I mean, if we had four of the same talented players and all four yeah. were equal, then Correct. I get it. But we don't, we don't and there, there's a vast, a vast difference, you know, eight games into the year, and I, and I just don't get why we change it so much. I'm and it doesn't you. seem like there's any regularity to it or reason why. It just seems like – all right, you know, you guys got your turn now. It's these guys' turn. It's a weird Listen, uh, quid pro quo going on. I'm going to tell you this, man. If that continues, it's going to cost us a big run because right. the right. safeties that are coming in behind the guys that, that should be starting, they're taking bad angles, and they're not, make, they're not making tackle, tackles on, on, on the third level at all. They're missing guys big time. I'm talking about whiffing on tackles. So when you play a team like George and them guys like Swift getting open field with those safeties, it's going to be good night. So that's yeah. something they got to buckle down and just get the, the best two guys on the field. Or it's going to cost us big time because teams know too. Teams know, and, and mm-hmm. it seems like teams just march down the field on us when, when that rotation happens. You can almost call call it like clockwork. So when you see <laughs> certain guys on the field, you can be like, oh, man, they got those guys. <laughs> the whole timeline says it at the same time on Twitter, and then you'll see a team march yeah. down the field, bro. So we got to do something different with that position. I don't know what the deal is with the rotation, but I am not a fan of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's the, the one thing that I don't quite get this season. Uh, you know, I think we figured it out a lot on offense. You know, there's a lot of question marks, and I think, uh, you know, there's been some question marks in the offensive line, and I think we've tried and fixed some things. You know, but it's it's on defense at that safety position. It's just it's very very weird. It seems like that. We got good safeties. It ain't like it's not do. like here's yeah, the thing. It's not like <laughs> yeah, it's not like okay, we trying to find like offensive line. I get it. Like we trying to find right. mix and match and pull some guys out maybe. The safety yeah. we got, we got the guys that should be back there. I just don't understand the rotation. I've never seen here, here anybody I'll say do that. It because you know I'm the furthest away from the program. I mean, um, you know, and, and I know we do some protection of, of, of folks here, but um, you know, two and thirty-one are your best safeties. You know, should be the guys on the field, 80 percent, unless they tap their hat, raise their hand, whatever they do to say, "Hey, I'm out." Um, unless there's some sort of schematic difference Correct. or, or you know, that. vulnerability that we've seen, you know, I've got to see two and thirty-one. I've got, you know, in between, you know, Trey Dean and Bernie, however they want to play that star, 
but I want to see three, one, 31 and two out there, you know, 85, 90% of the game. And and I'm not seeing that. And it's week after week after week. And I'm not a coach, but I mean, even I'm seeing it, right. I mean, I never played and I'm seeing, you know, out of position, weird angles, you know, it's kind of, and I'm going to throw him under the bus too, even though he's a a good buddy of mine, Um, you know, back when, you know, he was there, you know, Will Hill really struggled with taking some really bad angles, you know, when he first started, um, eminently more talented, but, you know, really struggle with taking oh, right. um, some bad angles and, this, and what they do. They, you know, <laughs> say what? <laughs> I said, Will Hill's not listening to this. Don't worry no, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but, but in case this clip makes it back to, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, what did we do? We just didn't play him for a while until he fixed that and, you know, started getting a little bit better. Right. I, I just, there, there's some things that I don't get, um, you know, with 13 and 29 that, that I get out of 31 and two. Yeah, we're, we're, I think we're all on the same page there with the safety position. Um, Richard Garage got some tick. Another young guy. So we're talking about young guys. Richard Garage got some tick. Uh, my man Bogle got a lot of tick. Diabate got a lot of tick. Yeah, Zachary Carter got him a sack. And shout out to shout out to Moon. He's an older guy, but those guys stepped up and made some plays when we needed them to in the clutch situation with our, our starting defensive ends out, man. So shout out to our death. Showing up on the road yeah. when we need him to, man. Sure. And I want to, uh, I want to uh, tap or pat myself on the back for this one. I had a uh, a tweet that I knew would, would get to Zach Carter through some sort of osmosis, but I tweeted probably no less than twenty seconds before he had that that strip fumble. Um, is Zach Carter playing this season? And then he had that, so he also I'll graded out as one of the. Uh, so you're welcome. Um, he also graded out from PFF as one of the Gators' best uh, defensive linemen this uh, uh, this game. So shout out to him. You know, hopefully he's starting to come in on his own. And you know, we saw a little bit this week about about what he can be and what was hyped during the off season. And so, um, you know, assuming well, he got he, he he got he got I like the move he did to get that sack. He showed yeah. some bend a little. I like he showed some bend, got around the edge, one on one. You gotta love it, man. Yeah, they mess around a little, get, too, get some, too much depth down there, though. It's going to be crazy. Especially if Cox. Vogel started, right? Yeah, I think he got the start. Yeah. He got the nod. Yeah. Big so, shout out to him, man. Absolutely, okay. man. The young guys. A shout out to the redshirt freshman, Jacob Copeland, uh, freshman mm-hmm. of the SEC freshman of the week. And you starting to see what 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 we saw with, with the country and, and the recruiting services thought he could be coming out of high school. Uh, he could get off the line. He try to jam him like he's just impressive, man. The ball's in the air. He go get it. He can get open. Uh, they, they, there's been rumors and speculation that he don't get all the playbook, but guys like that, man, tell them they play when they break the huddle. Tell them what they do because mm-hmm. he's too good with the ball in his hand. He just gets open, man. He's an alpha male. We don't have a lot of them in the last since Mullins left, but he's one of those guys, bro, on offense that you just got to give him the rock, bro. I don't know how they gonna do it, and a whole lot of balls go around, but that kid's getting open. Yeah, he he was he, he got past the defense a couple times, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see him in, in the near future because we're gonna need him to step up big for our offense to, to to make to make some moves. Well, I mean, he had a great play too. It wasn't just the uh, you know for just sure. him catching it in an open uh, field. I mean, he highballed that one and then broke a tackle and you know waltzed into the end zone. So you know, great you know for him. I know he's been patient. I'm sure it's been frustrating. Um, you know, especially coming off an injury last year where you thought you were going to play and then coming in and, you know, sitting with a, a group of really strong and deep wide receivers. I mean, Florida has an unbelievably deep uh, amount of receivers. And I know that we talk about it all the time. Uh, and let me just pull it up real quick. But we have eight players on the team that have more than 10 catches on the season. 
Pitts 35, Swain 21, Jefferson 27, Grimes 21, Hammond 19, Cleveland 14, Copeland, there he is at 12, and then Pirine has 22. So, you know, to be able to be patient and then when, you're, when your number gets called, you know, two, three, four times a game to be able to deliver, that's what gets you, you know, now six or seven looks a game compared to two or three looks a game. For sure. And another thing, though, I'm hella impressed with. We gotta take out take out time and give uh, Kyle Trask all his roses, bro. Um, I love the way the kid just threw. He struggled the first half, man. People people get weird on the timeline, and then if these fans get weird, they want to bench to see the uh, the next guy. But I know we needed that. We need him the rest of the season, and we needed him that game to win. But when he threw Freddie Swain open, man. Oh like, yeah, jeez, <laughs> you know I, what I'm saying, I, like. It gets no better than figure, that. I was trying to figure out what he's doing. And why you I thought that was a duck of a pass. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out what, what, what he was doing, bro. I, th- I thought I was going to have to go play quarterback right quick or something. I ain't going to see, man. Yeah. Right I, at, the the ball right flew out of his hand. Yeah, bro. When yeah. I was watching the game, the ball flew right out of his hand. I'm like, what kind of duck is this? This is the kind of ball that gets in her. Oh, okay. Touchdown. Cool. Yeah. Um, no, no, but I then, never but doubted then, him. That, <laughs> but then I didn't even think he, I didn't even know it was a touchdown. I just thought he caught it. I didn't know he threw him threw him in the end zone with a shot. He threw him said, in the end zone. I say, jeez. Yeah, he did that a couple times where he breaks the pocket and instead of run, he keeps his eyes downfield, finds an open guy, and, and makes something happen. He did that several times. Even with the with the, the big fourth down conversion with Kyle Pitts, he did it as well. Um, broke the pocket, found Kyle for a first yep. down. He just keeps his eyes down the field. He's not going to play perfect, people. Um, he's not mm-hmm. going to step into every throw. All his drops not going to be right. His footwork's not going to be clean. But he's being efficient, and Dan Mullen's going to get production out of the position, man. He got some moxie about him, dog. He, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's a cold killer. He, he with the shits. Excuse my language. Yeah, I, no, no, you're good. And I think at the end of the day, it's only going to get a little bit better. You know, I, I assume his knee's doing all right, but – you know, he's a, a, what, a week after, you know, dealing with that, two weeks after that. So, you know, we, we have another week or, or two weeks, you know, with a week off um, to heal that knee a little bit more and, you know, be able to step in and feel a little bit stronger with that uh, with that knee injury. But, you know, I thought that he played well. You know, he's not going to play perfect like you said, Silk. And at the end of the day, you know, I don't think Florida needs him to be perfect. I think that they need him to be as good as he has been. And if you would have told me that Felipe Franks would have gone out in the what fourth, third, fourth game of the year, and Florida sitting at seven and one right now with a win over Auburn, a tight game against LSU, and right now, you know, I think that Florida's going to be, a, you know, in a tight odds race, you know, with with Georgia on what that line comes out at. But if you would have told me all that, I would I would have never believed you. If you would have told me uh, Chris Hennis is going to miss two, three games, uh, Zunig is going to miss two, three games, four games. Uh, Green Grenard is gonna miss a couple games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Felipe Franks is gonna get injured. You'd have told me all that, and I was gonna be seven to one. Like I would have called you a liar, a bit fat liar too, and your pants you were What are you six of us? I would have insisted your ankles was on fire from the pants. You sound right to me. All right, we got a big interview today. Before that, man, hey, listen. The next game is the Florida-Georgia game. We're in a bye week right now. The Florida-Georgia tailgate is the move. You guys go to Eventbrite, uh, grab your tickets. We hanging out in Duval. We right by the fairgrounds. It's going to be a movie, man. Um, everybody, that's somebody going to be there, dog. Uh, my man Snell's doing the barbecue. Uh, Dan Tavius decided he, he wanted to be a part of Stadium Miguel at an actual that's event, right, so man. he's pulling up. Yeah, Amaya, You know Amaya's going to come through Hollywood. How you coming up this time, Amaya? Helicopter? Yeah. 
Nah, man, you know, nah, 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 nah. I'm going to come up <laughs> my, my, normal, my normal way and meet y'all out there and got that going. We're going to have fun and get it cracking. You know, we're going to have we that. we hanging out, though. And Tavia's yeah, going to put a do-rag on his head. So we're going to be That's right. I got, I got my girl ready. I reached out to my boy Paul Wall. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because I thought about Dan the other day. My boy said, you know, he went and he got a suit for for his job and whatnot and went and got a tie. This man said, but, you know, when I was getting ready, I thought about it. I don't even know how to tie a tie. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. All right, I'll bring, I'll bring a few extras. I'll teach you how to do I probably I know have four or five tie. ways to tie a tie. I can teach you how to tie a bow tie. Oh, damn. Man, I got you, bro. But you're not yeah. a tie. But anyway, what's up? Hey, Ahmad, remember to tell your boy, though. And this goes for everybody that's listening to this podcast. Dapper Dan advice. Let's go, baby. Yeah, there you go. No matter how expensive or cheap your suit is, get it tailored to you. Don't just buy it off the rack and wear it. Get it tailored for you. That can make any $150 suit look like a $1,000 suit. And a lack of tailoring can make any thousand dollar suit look like a hundred dollar suit. So go to your tailor. It's like yeah, no, no baggy suit. It's worth bro. it. No baggy, no baggy suit. suit. You, you see what happens when you have baggy you see suits, what happens. right? Yeah. In the life flow of the state. Oh man. <laughs> hey, we got a big time guest. Let's hang out, man. We got we got some we got some some, some actions and some Sefner action coming on here. All right, fellas, let's get into this interview. Um, guest of the week is brought to you by Brown Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, holler at my man Greg, 954-589-2204. Big policies, you need your mobile home insured, you need your home insured, cars, motorcycles, anything that has wheels and can move, my man Greg got you. 954-589-2204. Big policies, baby. Let's hang out, bro. I'm excited about this You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And our guest of the week, first time on the show, uh, a Sefner High School legend, a Florida football legend, a Florida Gator legend, got busy with the rock on his, in his hand, my man Matt Jones. Matt, how's it going, baby? What's up, man? Good, good, good. Everything's good. Everything's good, man. We vibing, man. How you feeling about... Uh, Florida Gators and what's happening these days? Uh, right now, man, I'm feeling real good, man. They're doing some tremendous things, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, they're taking control of what, what the state is. And, you know, they handle the business right now. Now, we just played uh, your, your um, former coach, Will Muschamp. And let's go. Let's get back again to some of your playing days. Uh, how did you feel about the offense when you was playing? What you think that we could have did different for um, – for that, that regime to be more successful? Uh, the offense that we was playing, I just think we should have, you know, do the ball a little more, even though, you know, I love running the ball, but everybody, everybody was down there and on it. You know, we just didn't have that click and throwing game like we should have. But, uh, you know, we got it done. And, you know, my screen was good with the offense. was pretty good. You know, I had Brent Keyes and Charlie White. So, you know, it was, it was good coaches too. Hey, Matt, take us back before that. How did you end up uh, at the University of Florida? Uh, I ended up at the University of Florida because of Will Mustang. Uh He didn't want really sold me. You know, he came to the house and we, you know, talked a lot. We talked about a couple times after that, after the fact. So, I mean, 
because I was sold on going to Georgia, but he kept pursuing me. You know, he's a good dude. And, uh, you know, when he came in, you know, I just went with him. Where else were you considering? What what school came in second place? I know you just mentioned Georgia. Did any other school, you know, make a real run for you? Or what was it about what Will Muschamp said that really got you uh, going and, and wanting to play for UF? Uh, man, I, w- I was sold on Georgia. It probably wasn't other school. A lot of schools was trying, but I was sold on Georgia. You know, I was cool with Mark Rick at the time. But, like I say, I don't know what about Muschamp, but, he, you know, he came through. He was real friendly. You know, like a people person, you know, we connected from there, you know, told me all the plans and, uh, you know, the new offense that he had coming in. So, you know, I was sold on that and I just, you know, decided to stay home anyway. So I was like, man, I'm up two hours away, so might as well just go right there. You have a, uh, did you take any visits when you was, uh, when you was coming up? Like what, what, what school you had the best uh, campus you feel like? Uh, I feel like Notre Dame was pretty good, man. I seen like touchdown Jesus. Uh, that was a big selling point for them. It was, it was pretty good. I mean, I went to Purdue. I went to Georgia. I went to Miami. Uh, I went to I went to a lot of schools, man. You know, but I feel like Notre Dame stood out a lot. You know, with their opinion, a lot of your coach things on my visit there. Now, was you and my man Alvin Bailey a package deal, or how did that end up working out? Both of you going to Florida. Uh, more like, more like big brother, little brother type thing. You know, we wanted to, you know, continue to play, continue to play with each other. You know, was all through high school, little league. So we wanted to like keep that tradition and going on. And, you know, he finally, finally came with me. So that was like, you know, a big challenge in my life too. Is that, uh, is that Calvin Bailey, little brother? Yeah, that's Calvin Bailey, little brother. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, so I, so I went to school like around that time with them. So when they went to back to back state, that's when I was in high school. Around that around that time. And they was playing they was playing against Lake Gibson. Yeah, the, the team that they beat both times from Lakeland. That's a that's school called Lake Gibson. Okay. So uh talk talk about at, at UF, you know, what what was your favorite part of of being a Florida Gator, uh being on campus at the University of Florida? Um you know, was it the games, was it you know, on campus just hanging out, what you know, hanging with your teammates, what was it? Oh man, everything at UF really was like, you know, just amazing to be there. You know, you got a team when you're in the stadium. Everybody know about the stadium playing in the swamp for all those fans. You know, that's that's just crazy. And uh, you know, on campus, you know, you get a lot of supporters around campus. You chilling. You know, most of the teammates on campus, man. Like, you know, it's a lot of memories being built. You know, there's a lot of stuff you can't take away from us. You know how we built no memories and. You know, with the uh, you know the tutors and all that, man, it was pretty good. You know, we had a business handle, working in the classroom. I mean, like every, everything about UF, even outside of campus, you know, with some of the local people, was pretty good. You know, staying off campus was pretty good, man. Like my experience at Florida, I wouldn't trade it for nothing. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go anywhere. So, man, Florida is what it is. What was your favorite moment as a Gator? Probably my favorite moment as a Gator when we was uh, playing Kentucky and we had went to overtime with him and, like, I think I had punched it in from the five to, like, win in overtime. And, you know, like, just the crowd was crazy. Like, we ran up and down the field. Like, you know, that that, that, that stood out to me from 
you know, from being at Florida and just seeing all the fans like root for root for me when I, you know, punched it in and we won the OT. Man. It was like it's a crazy moment, crazy feeling. I like, you know, came in there and played. Yeah, my favorite moment uh, personally was 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 most likely um, when you put the nail in the coffin in the Florida State game. It was kind of like your coming out party. That was oh, my yeah. favorite Matt Jones moment. Oh, that's yeah. That's my favorite Matt Jones yeah. moment right there, boy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I still talk about that to this day with my little brother. We talk about Matt Jones. Oh, yeah. Who scored on Florida State? Yeah. Hey, hey Matt, good, what was right your there. favorite rival? What was your favorite rivalry game to play in? Oh man, you know, uh, you know, it's another team up there, Tallahassee. Yeah, always uh, the biggest one, but you know, them in Georgia was real, like you know, neck and neck with me because I just, you know, definitely I want to go to Georgia. So you know, what I'm saying us just whooping up on Georgia pretty good, but you know, definitely a team in the state, you know, that we had to play every year. You know, man, just. You know, that team up in Tallahassee was, you know, it was it. And every time we beat them, you know, every time I see a, a Florida State tag, you know, it's just like, ugh. So, yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> every time. That's just what it is. Every time. So what you, so what you end up doing after at, at college? So let everybody know, you know, you got drafted. Uh, did you get drafted? Or you, or you, you signed a free agent? No, I was drafted, bro. No, I, got, I went uh, Yeah, yeah okay. I thought so. Yeah, you know, okay. So, so the Washington. So, talk about the experience and uh, and and talk about you know how how I felt to be a, a Redskin. Were you up there with uh Raheem Morris? What's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right there. I think like before he left. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he drafted. That's who drafted nah, me. It was, so. Uh, okay. Yeah, he drafted. Nah, it was good, man. Like it was, you know, experience that you can't take back. You know, just getting drafted. You know. You know, I had my mom there with me on draft day. You know how happy she was, you know, getting drafted, you know. For sure. Definitely just out of the bunch of, you know, other group. You know, a lot of people don't really get to get in that situation, you know, with your friends around that you grew up with. So, you know, I cherish that moment, me and some of my friends that was playing football in the back. So, I mean, you know, just going up there, just playing football, man, you know, in the league, just a whole totally different experience. And, I mean, it's like something that you just want to stay in for, you know, as long as your body breaks down. And uh, and it just, it was just happy that it was just happy that, you know, that we got drafted. You know, my family was big. You know, they was all happy and stuff. So it's like something like I say, like a memory you can't take back. So how's the XFL experience going so far? Uh, it just started, man, and you know, I'm blessed to get an opportunity to get back. And hopefully, you know, this take me back to where I want to get to. Uh, you know, got bigger plans than that. So, but like I said, I thank God put me in this situation. You know, to you know put me back on track. But XFL, I feel like it's gonna be a great opportunity for me personally. You know, so I mean, it's like it just started. So I mean, I just can't wait to get you know cleats on, pass on, and let's you know let's let's do it. Give me a good uh, must jump story. Um... Something funny. He's he's an animated guy. Uh, don't know a lot about him with the with the players and whatnot. But from the sidelines, he's like a screamer. What kind of guy was he behind the scenes? Uh, behind the scenes, he was chill. If he, you know, if if you one of them guys that really don't give him stuff, you know, like y'all cool, you're a player. You know, he was real chill. But 
you know, at the end of the day, you know, when somebody's slacking the practice, man, it's going to be you and his voice all the way up. You know, he, I seen him, you know, getting somebody, man, it was just, it, it wasn't funny, it wasn't pretty. And it was something that silently everybody, I think somebody was taking a knee and drinking water while everybody was over there running. And, I mean, he came over there and was like, man, I'll pull your scholarship. And I was like, oh, everybody looking crazy. Like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, time it wasn't funny. But, you know, that's what kind of guy he is, you know. But he's one of those guys that, you know, really don't play. You know, he's a team person. So he takes it seriously to be a coach. So he's like, he's just a scream. Like, he, whatever you see on TV, that's what you get in practice, too. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about what what you like doing your spare time, man. You know, everybody everybody know Matt Jones like to play football. Everybody know you good. You know, running the ball and you know you you're on the field and you you make great plays. But talk about what you like to do off the field. Tell us about Matt Jones a little bit. Uh, man, I'm a people person, man. Definitely just a family man. I'm always with my kids. You know, the family, the wife. So, I mean, that that's just who I am. And like them just seeing me, man, it's like. You know, night and day with me, how I make them happy, how they make me happy, you know, vice versa. For sure. Um, you know, taking them places to you know, different kind of places just to get their memory based up and they, you know, experience up all across the world. That's that's real big for me. And for them to see me, I feel it big too. But, you know, another thing, I, I like to support people in what they do, you know, like try to help them out in every situation. Um, you know, either homeless or either the kids. You know, every situation is different for everybody. You know, I feel like everybody should, you know, have some success in their life or some happiness in their life. And if I can help, you know, that's what I do. That's what I try to do is to the best of my ability, you know. So, sure. That's basically me. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, what uh, what was it like? I mean, when you were at four, you went through a number of different uh, offensive coordinators, you know, kind of some scheme changes and everything like how tough was that, or, or what was that process like, getting acclimated into the offensive coordinator? What, because you played under three offense coordinators, I think, or was it just peace and wise? Yeah, I, I played three because my last – I mean, every year I had, you know, a new offensive coordinator. I mean, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't hard. It was the fact, like, you just couldn't get used to being in one offense. So, like, when a new offensive coordinator, like, I feel like I, I was blessed to, you know, be smart enough to learn a playbook you know, a little faster than everybody else, but just not being in, like, a whole comfortable offense for, like, my whole three years there was, like, you know, I feel like I could have got some more, you know, like, if I got to learn the better, I feel like I could have been more successful down the road as far as staying in the offense that I was comfortable in and I knew in and out, but, you know, switching offense according every year is kind of tough, but no excuses, but, you know, that's just how it is, so. I mean, it was it was tough, but at the same time, I, I could learn it. And then, what was the toughest part from from going to high school to college, and then from college to the NFL? Uh, from from high school to college, it's more I think maturity. From like you know, you come from you come from having fun with your boys all the time to. You got to be at, you know, weightlifting all day. You got to go to school. You got to do this. And, like, you're basically on the full schedule. So, I feel like you have to mature from high school to college. And from college to the NFL, I just feel like it's like it's just about growth over your body, like being able to move faster with your big boys and how to take hits and, you know, but how to live 
life, you know, at the next level because in college, you know, you're somewhat, you know, spoon-fed, but then you get in the, in the league, it's like you out here for real. Like, this is real life. You only got to learn how to manage money and you got to learn how to do smart moves and take care of your body on your own. So that, I just think that's just life pills from going to college to the next level. That's dope. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, man. Because a lot of people don't don't take that into consideration. Um, a lot of you guys can't manage everything that comes with the NFL. It ain't just about ability. It's about, like you said, managing all the other stuff, the the, the variables around the game. Uh, who sure. you look? Who, who'd you look up to? Who? What running back you want to be like? Who, like your running style. You're you're taller back. Uh, you ran downhill. What? Who's your guy? I got growing up with Eric Dickerson. Like, that's who I really looked up to. I, I, to I can see that. Uh, his film on YouTube. Because everybody tell me I'm tall like Eric Dickerson. I'm like, man, when I was a little boy, I was like, who was Eric Dickerson? And I got a little older. You know, I started YouTube and I'm like, yo, you know, this dude is a, it's a real deal. You know, he's much faster than me, but, you know, he ran, you know, straight up and down, big guy, run through you, run around you. Uh, so that's who I really looked up to, man. Like, Takes my game around ever since I really started playing Lily, and you know that's been my guy. So, and learning from different other backs, you know, it's kind of is is what it is too. All the backs across the league, you know, you can take a little bit from their game to your game. So, but my guys did this. So, you know. uh, all right, man. I appreciate appreciate you for coming and hanging out with us, man. Tell yeah, people where they can find man. you at. Oh yeah, man. I'm on. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Jones34. I'm on Twitter at Matt Jones RB. Um, you know, I'm coming up XFL, you know, watch the games. You know, God got a big, you know, plan for me and I, I plan to stick to it. So, man, just, you know, stay tuned and, you know, just get ready. Absolutely, man. We're going to keep in touch and watch out for you, man. You got it, dog. Good oh, luck. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Good man. luck, man. We're watching for you. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming oh, yeah. on. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Right. Thanks, Matt. Who? Matt Jones. Who? Matt Jones. <laughs> Matt Jones. Shout out to Matt Jones. Um, yeah, that that Florida State run uh, with Morris after Morrison KO. Who was that? EJ Manuel. Uh-huh. Came back, hand that thing off the mat. Matt took it to the crib. It was beautiful, man. I like that game, man. Shout out to Matt Jones. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us, man. Amai, you got word of the week? Man, yes, Dan. The word of the week is highs. Dan. <laughs> H-I-C-E. Um, hmm. No idea. Hey, you got it. You gotta use it in a sentence. Yeah, go ahead and use it in a sentence. That uh, man, dang! I left my phone at the house. The house, your home, your residency, <laughs> your, you your, your domicile. I got gotcha. you. Go. All right, hey, hey. Hey, tell him what he's won, Cam. <laughs> uh, and, and you gotta say highs. Uh, uh, Southern candy lady highs. The highs. <laughs> gotta, gotta say the highs. Uh, Take it to the highs. Uh, play to the highs. Take it to the highs. <laughs> you're a lot of there. You should know that tune. Yeah. <laughs>
I think Dan got to see it written out first, and then he try to say it. H I Z E highs. There you go, man. with it. I feel like there's so some multiple eyes in there. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all want to talk some SEC East a little bit? We got a bye week. This is the spot where we usually do our preview. But we got a bye week. So y'all want to talk a little SEC East talk? Yeah, we can talk a little bit. We can talk about this, this shocker, man, because, you know, although they still lost, I, I think they still somebody who we can't overlook, and that's Missouri. They lost to, 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 to Vandy this to weekend. Vandy. How about that? Hey, man, listen, every week every week in the SEC, like, like, some of, like people be calling for blowouts around here. Oh, we should mm-hmm. blow this team. Oh, man. That's how Every week we need to come in and play a full game and, get, and leave out with a W, period. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't – I think Georgia made that mistake, and that's how they lost to South Carolina, trying to get a blowout and trying to showcase stuff for, for voters and Heisman and all that stuff. I don't want to get into any of that, man. Every week you got to show up and play. Randy took Missouri down. Uh, South Carolina mm-hmm. took Georgia down. It, it, I mean, Kentucky was giving Georgia fits all the way into the third quarter. It was 0-0 at half. So mm-hmm. – it, 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 they're on the third. Kentucky's on the third string quarterback, so you would think it would be a massacre. But every week in this league, you got to come and play football. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, Florida's in the driver's seat right now. They're four and one in the conference. I mean, Georgia. Obviously, that Florida Georgia game is going to be your big matchup. Georgia still has to play Auburn, but you know, as long as Florida takes care of business the way that they should the rest of the season, uh, you know, Florida's in the driver's seat, which is exactly like I said, where you want to be. You know, earlier in the or early in the pod. Uh, that's exactly where you want to be and where you need to be right now. It goes back to that Georgia game. But then, you know, if Florida beats Georgia, Missouri is a team that's always given Florida fits. And then, you know, then you have Vanderbilt right after that. Or you have Vanderbilt first and then Missouri. Um, you know, and Vanderbilt's defense is going to come to play. And, you know, you just can't get too cocky even if you beat Georgia. Because like you guys said, every week is going to be facing – you're either going to face a good offense, you're going to face a good defense, whatever it might be. I mean, every week is a uh, – Every week's a struggle, but Florida, you know, is sitting really pretty right now. They lead the SEC in, uh, you know, points four. Or, I'm sorry, the SEC East in points four. So, um, you know, they just need to keep after it. Yeah, we just got to be a uh, complete football team, peak at the right time. I don't. I still don't think we have peaked yet. I still think we can get a lot better. And next week, we got we on the bye. Next week is the perfect week to, to, to put together a complete game and, and really – you know what I'm saying? Send a message. We win the game next week. I mean, it's pretty much a, a, a ribbon on this thing. We already control our destiny, man. I feel good about mm-hmm. the Georgia game. You know what I'm saying? I, and I, I just I watched them play Kentucky, and I don't think James Coley has an idea what he's doing. I think he's just trying to call bland, basic plays and hoping he have the, be- the better athletes. And that receiver, he don't. I think the receiver cor- corpse is, is suspect. He can't just out athletic people at the receiver position, so they wow. gotta run the ball. Yeah, he don't. You don't got all of them receiver. I mean, they, they, you know, they got good quality players. They always are gonna have good quality oh, players. Absolutely. You know, it's Georgia, but at the same time, I don't think they got the same quality players as they as they've been having in you know these past couple of years um, at receiver. Um, they always you know got uh, good running backs. They got playmakers at, at running back. Um, but I'm just not too sold on Jake Fromm as well. I, you know, he gonna have to beat me. Because I'm not gonna let Swift beat me, and I'm not gonna let 35 beat me. You know, they got they got to beat me. With right, the man, but, but looking looking on this season, I mean, I think one of uh, Kirby Smart's biggest uh, biggest flaws is letting uh, Justin Fields walk. 
right? Because you see what Justin yeah, Fields is doing. Sure. I'm not sure he would do what he's doing now at Ohio yeah, State at, at Georgia. But yeah, still, because different different play callers, man. Like it, it, I don't know. Yeah, different 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 defenses too as well. But yeah, yeah, I mean, Fromm's looked relatively pedestrian this year for a guy that you know was talked about potentially going in the first round and everything else. I mean, he's he's a fine quarterback, and they've obviously got some stuff moving, uh, you know, at the running back position. But uh, you know, they, he's just not all that great this season. I mean, he's averaging just over 200 yards. He has a decent completion percentage, but it's only thrown for nine touchdowns, three interceptions. It's not, you know, not the quarterback that we we thought we were going to get. And I like Flores DBs against. You know, Georgia's wide receivers. It's just a matter, like we were talking about earlier in the show, being able to stop the run. And if Georgia can gash us, that's probably the best running back group that we're going to face this season. Um, if Georgia's going to gash us, then you know that's it, going to be a tough one to uh, to, to to control. Yeah, Got to force from to throw the ball. Yeah, we can't let Florida. Uh, Florida. We can't let Georgia gash us. And, and you know that that's what they're trying to do. They want they want to get those those big long runs, and we we limit the big play, and we we should be good. Yeah, I think a lot of times, like we go back to the front thing, I think a lot of times we get caught up in, in all these guys, how they can recruit and, and all the, the, the fun stuff in the offseason. You forget, like, it's an offensive coordinator change that happened at Georgia. And the guy that came in has no track record of developing quarterbacks whatsoever. So the, the regression you're seeing in Jake from is, is, is come from that right there. Like, Kirby Smart valued a recruiter and not a developer at the quarterback position. And he's not a quarterback developer. So who's doing it on campus? Now, I think that's going to be his downfall right there. I don't, I'm not going to say downfall, but I think that's the thing that's going to slow this Georgia train down, if you will. Yeah. I, I mean, but outside of that, you know, Florida's in the driver's seat as long as they take care of the business that they have to take care of. You know, you don't have to hope for another loss. You don't have to hope and pray that something's going to happen. Uh, you know, Florida, as long as they take care of business, is going to make it to Atlanta and throw another tailgate up there, boys. Yeah, there's no preview, so shout out to the good folks at Gator Kicks, man. Any custom shoes you need done. Somebody just got some wedding shoes done. They customize, man. Mm-hmm. So anything you need mm-hmm. custom done as far as Jordans or, or, or gear, holler at the good folks at the Gator Kicks. Uh, they're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. They have a website, thegatorkicks.com. Uh, holler at them. Support the people that support us, man. Shout out to the good folks at Gator Kicks. Let's get into some Gator basketball talk. Got camp camp setting it up. We got we got to talk uh, Mike Blanco. See what's going on with the Gator Hoops. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Joining us for the second time on Stadium and Gale is our boy Eric Fawcett from Gator Country. Eric, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Uh, glad to be on for a second time, and uh, hopefully it's a uh, second of many, and hopefully the basketball team is good enough that it uh, warrants a lot of talk. Oh, definitely. I hope so, man. I hope so. Hey, so last time we had you on is right after they got the Kerry Blackshear commitment uh, and enrollment, and now we have you on. Since then, Florida today got announced by the AP as the number six preseason team. Kerry Blackshear right now was picked as the SEC Player of the Year, and Andrew Nemhard was picked for SEC second team. So talk to us about what we should expect this season and how many times we should have you on the podcast during the season. <laughs> uh, I mean, hopefully a lot, but uh, we'll see how things go and we'll see what the uh, see what the fans think of the podcast. But uh, like you mentioned, Kerry Blackshear just getting all kinds of accolades right now. 
uh, for good reason. I mean, he was, uh, he was playing in the ACC last season uh, against some of the big boys of college basketball, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the Virginias. And I mean, he was having their way with all of them. So for him to come back as a fifth year senior, uh, it's kind of expected that he's going to dominate. And then like you mentioned, I mean, Andrew Nemhart's a guy that was picked second team uh, all SEC. Uh, he's going to be on, he's on the Bob Cousy watch list for the best point guard in college basketball. Uh, Scotty Lewis is uh, on the uh, on the Jerry West small forward watch list is one of the best small forwards in the country. And Kerry Blackshear is going to be on the list for centers as well. So, I mean, you've got three players right there that are kind of at the top of their position uh, on a national kind of scale. So uh, I just think for that reason, you're just going to see such exciting basketball from Florida. Uh, they're super deep. It's not just those guys that I just mentioned. Uh, a lot of returning guys, a lot more returning guys than a lot of the other teams that were picked ahead of Florida in the AP poll that just came out. So this is a team that's going to be in the hunt for the Final Four. So uh, a, a lot of exciting games. Florida's going to be relevant all year, and it's, uh, it's something we haven't seen the last couple of seasons. So uh, it's an exciting time. So obviously you just mentioned uh, Scotty Lewis. Uh, you know, Florida brought in a pretty good recruiting class. What should fans expect out of Scotty Lewis uh, and some of the freshmen that are, are joining the team this year? How much playing time will they get? Uh, kind of run us through some of the new faces this season. So Scotty Lewis is just a dog. I mean, he's just the most competitive uh, person you might ever meet. And I think that uh, he's just someone that uh, he just plays so hard, especially on the defensive. And I think he might be the best defensive player in the, in the entire kind of 2019 class. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's also, uh, he's just I guess, extremely likable. If you hear the kind of the way he talks and, and he's going to be an NBA lottery pick. He'll only spend one year in Gainesville. Uh, the, the player that hasn't been talked about enough is Trey Mann. He was the number 21 ranked player in the class this year. Uh, and he's from, uh, he's from the villages. He's from near Gainesville. So he kind of stayed home to play. And uh, he's someone who's a guard who's just extremely electric when it comes to scoring the basketball, uh, whether it's breaking his man down off the dribble, whether it's getting to his jump shot. Uh, he's just lethal. And I honestly, you, you know what? Uh, Scotty Lewis is getting most of the talk when it comes to Florida freshmen. But I, I really think Trey Mann is actually going to have a better year uh, I actually think he's going to be more impactful. Uh, and I think it's just because of his kind of pure ability to score the basketball, which is something that Florida hasn't had the last couple of years. And uh, it's just kind of a spot that they don't really have anyone else at the position. So uh, I, I just think he's going to electrify the O-Dome just with his uh, unlimited range on the jump shot. He's really got a, he, he plays cocky. He plays like someone who just wants to embarrass his opponents. And that's super fun to watch from a fan's perspective. Uh, so while Scotty Lewis totally deserves all the, all the kind of praise he's getting, uh, Trey Mann, the, one of the best recruits, uh, in Florida, uh, deciding to stay home and play for the Gators. I, I think he should be a star too. So that's a name to know. Where, where, where does Florida have gaps on their team where if they're going to lose or they're not going to perform up to, to, to where their, their ranking is, where is that going to be? Uh, and what's missing? Uh, I think the only thing that could really be missing for them is a little bit of depth at the wing spot. Uh, who's going to play small forward after Scotty Lewis goes to the bench? Uh, that's a little bit up in the air. Uh, if Keontae Johnson, uh, who plays behind him at the four, he's someone who's going to be playing yeah a lot of power forward. Uh, that's a spot that's a little bit thin, and that's a little bit concerning just for the sake of if someone gets injured, one of those two guys, uh, they're going to lack some uh, some size on on the wing, size on the perimeters. But uh, they've really got a lot of depth in the front court. They've got a lot of depth with guys that can handle the ball. So it's really, uh, it, it's really the wings. But uh, I mean, like I said, they, they are really good just in, in, unless someone gets injured. So uh, which Keontae Johnson was someone who 
uh, was extremely durable. Scotty Lewis is someone who's extremely flexible and, uh, but he does play a really tough, <laughs> grimy style of play. So uh, maybe you'll be a little scared when he dives headfirst for a loose ball or something like that. But this is a team without a lot of gaps. Uh, they don't have an obvious hole. They had they had one obvious hole. It was at the center position, and uh, they went and got Kerry Blackshear, who's the best at that position in the country. Uh, so, that, yeah, that just uh, still shows just how good of a roster it is. Speaking of injuries, uh, my man Gat got hurt at center. Is that, that, does that hurt us a lot? Uh, I mean, he was someone who's probably going to be the, the backup center, uh, but he's also someone who... Uh, was going to be probably the backup center on a little bit of reputation from what he's done in practice. But uh, for those who don't know, he was he missed all of last season to an injury. Uh, the year prior, he missed uh, most of the year to injury. And uh, his first year he had to, in, in Florida, which was uh, you know now four years ago, he had to redshirt because of injury. Uh, he's also had a whole lot of injuries. It's been foot, it's been knee, now this is shoulder. So it's a whole lot of stuff going on. So uh, whether or not he's ever going to really be able to contribute to the program, uh, it's, it's probably a no. Uh, but uh, in terms of what it actually does to the roster, I mean, luckily there's other pieces at that position. That 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 is so. Uh, there's so many guys that play the center to kind of spot for the Gators. So it could be uh, Dante Bassett. He's going to be a fourth year junior. He could come in and, and fill that void. Uh, or Omar Payne, who's a top 40 recruit. Uh, he might be someone who has to play more of the power forward spot, but he could slide down and play center. Um, and then they have another recruit in Jason Jatobo, who is uh, just an absolutely massive human being, uh, 6'11", you know, around 270, but he's got really soft hands and can finish. So uh, there's a lot of options there. So, uh, you know, I really like Gak, wishing him all the best. But if Florida kind of had the ability to take an injury at some position, it, it was probably there. So, uh, they've got some depth, and I don't think that's really going to hurt them. Hey, man, really early in the season, we got Florida State coming into our building. Please tell me them people is not going to beat us in our own building this year. Um, yeah, I really hope not. I mean, Florida's on uh, a terrible streak against the Seminoles. Uh, I, I think they're cursed. I mean, uh, five years ago in Billy Donovan's last season, uh, Jacob Kurtz, Florida's uh, uh, walk-on who had to play minutes, uh, he put the ball in, in Florida's own goal, and that's a lot in the game. So that really hurt. Uh, and ever since, uh, Florida hasn't been able to beat them. So uh, if there's ever a year, this is the one. I mean, uh, the Seminoles lost a lot of talent. Uh, they bring in some dudes. Uh, they're going to be big. They're going to be mean. They're going to be physical. But they won't be able to match Florida's kind of uh, offensive ability. So uh, Florida just has to make sure that their offense is dialed in because they play in the second game of the season. And uh, if the game just turns really nasty and it's just a, a, a gritty game where every team's missing shots and it's just going to be who rebounds the ball better, uh, Florida State might win that kind of game. But uh, if Trey Mann's hitting shots, if Andrew Nemhart is running a smooth offense, uh, Florida State won't be able to match it down. So, uh, yeah, the Gators should be able to take that one. And, uh, man, it would suck if they lost it. Yeah, Give me a happen. <laughs> I don't need it to happen, man. I need, I need. Yeah. I bet, I bet steps, TJ a hundred bucks. It better not happen. Eric, you got me. If we lose, doubt yeah, it. let's do it. I, I'm with Thanks, you. <laughs> no, you just hey, so what's it our, on the pond. What's our ceiling and our floor for this season? Like, what, like, how far can we go? And what's the absolute worst you think this ends up? I, I really think they're going to compete for national championship. Uh, one mm. thing that I just don't think has been talked about enough is that a lot of the other teams at the top of college basketball are, are just not as strong as you would normally expect. I mean, every year it seems like there's two or three or four teams where uh, you just look at their talent and you say, 
oh man, like, like how is someone going to be able to beat them? But I mean, you look at the AP poll and Michigan state's number one, uh, they've got Cassius Winston, who's going to be uh, everyone's pick for player of the year. And, and he's a great point guard, uh, but they lost their, all the big men on their team. Uh, they lost talent on the wings. So that team is um, Cassius Winston and some good supporting pieces around him. Really good team, but not one that's going to, you know, super scare you. Uh, Kentucky, the team that people for some reason picked ahead of the Gators. Uh, I mean, they were a good team last year, uh, but they lost all top five of their scores. So they're returning, uh, you know, their sixth, seventh, uh, eighth best guy. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not super intimidating. And they've got a good recruiting class, uh, but not, you know, not, it's not like they have multiple top 10 guys that are really going to scare you. And they, uh, they have a good graduate transfer in Nate Sestina, but he doesn't touch Kerry Blackshear Jr. So uh, Florida kind of matches up with them really well. Uh, I think they're better. So I just think you look at a lot of the teams that, are at the top of college basketball there. Uh, they're just not as strong as you would normally expect. So there's just like no better year for the Gators to have this group of talent than this season. It's just uh, the timeline works out perfectly. And I really think national championship is the ceiling. And, you know, Florida takes an injury on the wing or something. Uh, you know, maybe they're looking at a, a, a sweet 16 loss or something like that. But uh, they've just got so much proven talent. It's hard, to, it's hard for me to imagine that they really kind of fall out of at least kind of the sweet 16 mix just because uh yeah you, you just look at how much returning talent they have uh that's stuff you can bank on that's not uh you, these guys aren't going to regress as much as uh you know a lot of these teams at the top of the people that are relying on on freshmen so yeah it's just uh i i really think this is a final four contender i really think they're a national championship contender Eric, and I know basketball is a little bit different, but I know that Florida is always returning a lot of guys. They have Kerry Blackshear, they've got Scotty Lewis, they've got Trey Mann, they've got a lot of talent coming in. Are you worried about chemistry at all or their ability to play well together? Or, or what are you hearing about, you know, them being, you know, on the same clock and, and playing well together? Yeah, I, th- I think returning a lot of, uh, you know, a bunch of starters is really good. And then the kind of, you know, the fact that the new talent being brought in is a guy like Kerry Blackshear who's, uh, you know, a fifth-year senior who should be able to gel a little bit better. Uh, uh, chemistry, definitely, there is a chance that it hurts them just because they do have so many new pieces. Uh, but, yeah, like you mentioned about kind of the difference between uh, between football and basketball is basketball has so much changeover. And uh, I, I do think that the one the one thing for Florida is just going to be figuring out what their offense is going to look like. Look like Because uh, Mike White, like halfway through the season last year, uh, totally shifted the way that the team played offense uh, from this kind of, like, uh, loose, uh, make plays, motion offense uh, to a lot more structured kind of Princeton offense. And it was a really good change, but I mean, you're really gambling when you change your, your entire offense midseason. Uh, so I think it's going to be about, you know, looking at the talent Florida has, uh, establishing what's going to work best and, and going with it from day one because, hey, Florida State's coming in game two. So uh, I, I do think chemistry could be uh, something to watch, uh, but it's a group that I, by all accounts, really loves each other. Uh, really gets along uh, a lot of great personalities. And uh, for that reason, I, I don't think it'll be hindrance. Hey, what, what's their identity going to be on offense? Do you think last year they didn't seem to gel really at all? And it seemed like they, they struggled to get the ball out, you know, before the, the shot clock was either at zero or they were shooting it with like 20. What do we expect their identity? Is this a, a, a kind of, Chuck and offensive rebound type of team? Is this a team that's going to, you know, do more in the paint, obviously with Clary Blackshear? What can we kind of expect on offense out of this team? Oh, I definitely think it's playing through Kerry Blackshear. And I think he's going to be more in the, in the high post, kind of near the free throw line. Uh, if you get the ball into Kerry Blackshear in that position, 
uh, there's just so many things you can play off that, whether it's Scotty Lewis and Keontae Johnson, the really elite athletes, uh, cutting off, getting a pass and finishing strong, or you've got shooters like Noah Locke, uh, or Trey Mann who are on the wings. And if, if they need to collapse down on Kerry Blackshear, it's going to be an open jump shot. So I, I really think once it gets into the half court, uh, it, it's Kerry Blackshear's show. But uh, before that, I mean, uh, Florida played so, so slowly last year. Uh, it was not the most aesthetically pleasing basketball to watch. Uh, but this year with, with Scotty Lewis coming in, uh, with Keontae Johnson coming back, Trey Mann can play fast. Uh, this is going to be a team that's going to work a lot better in transition with uh, the group of talent they have this year. So uh, we're going to have to... You, we're going to see them running a lot more and looking to score early. And uh, that's going to make for a lot more exciting basketball than last year. I love it. Eric, we appreciate having you on the show again. Um, I think the question that all of our fans are wondering, who's going to win the Stanley cup this year? Oh, Stanley cup. Well, uh, you know, my Edmonton Oilers <laughs> are off to a, to a strong start, but they are, they're not going to be able to pull it out. So, uh, yeah. I, I follow my awesome. hometown team, not a huge uh, NHL fan on the whole uh, uh, these mm. days, so I don't have a great pick for you, so I'll say uh, the, the, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. There you go. That's what Ahmad was saying, too. He said he had the Edmonton Oilers and the Tampa Bay Lightning playing the Stanley Cup, so Mod's a big, uh, Mod's a nah. big, big, big hockey guy. Yeah, right. Hey, you know what? You know, uh, the Edmonton Eskimos, our Canadian football team, needs some help in the secondary. So that's where I, that's where I need a mod to come on over. So, uh, yeah, you know. I don't think it's too many 30, 31-year-olds players in the secondary that's running around. But uh, so I don't know. I think I, I could do too much. <laughs> hey, so it is Canadian football after all. So, you know, that's right. That's right. Hey, Eric, tell hey, everybody where they can find Hey, tell everybody where they can find you and read your stuff. Oh, yeah. So uh, Gator Country, where I'm going to have a bunch of preseason stuff coming up. I already have. There's, there's lots up and obviously uh, heading up in the next couple weeks when the season starts. And you can follow me on Twitter at EFOS at 7. Appreciate you for hanging out with us, bro. Hey, I'm looking forward right. to the next time. Absolutely, buddy. You're a good dude. Um, thanks for everything. And we'll, uh, we'll follow you, Go Gators, and uh, hold it down, as my boys would say. Hey, go get it. Hold it down. Don't be embarrassed us in front of the company, Dan. You even say that smooth, bro. You got to work on your delivery, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's a work in progress, you know? It's, you it can't is. expect to finish being a product right away. Yeah, I appreciate the effort. Mm, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, why don't we get into our uh, our Russell segment? Um, this is our deep dive of 35 segment brought to you by uh, our boy Sean Gibson over at Gibson Dive and Detail. As always, uh, the, uh, the Gibson Dive and Detail deep dive with 35 uh, segment comes from our folks over at Patreon, but we're a big fan uh, and appreciate Sean Gibson. Sean Gibson uh, with Gibson Dive and Detail. Anything that you need with your boat, uh, cleaning, underwater hull cleaning, uh, detailing, dive recovery, all that stuff, give, uh, give Sean a call over at 352 352- Five one four one four eight six Miami Dade uh, Broward Palm Beach County anything related to your boat give Sean a call if you're not in that area definitely still give Sean a call uh, he'll hook you up and connect you with the right people to take care of your boat so again Sean Gibson Gibson dive in detail three five two five one four one four eight six so we just call this the Russell segment because we've got a big big uh, supporter uh, in our boy Russell on Patreon uh, get patreon.com slash stadium and Gale uh, so Russell's question this week I'm on you ready. What up, Russ? Let's do it. What did Brandon Spikes say to no Sean Moreno when he stuffed him on the first game or the first series of the 2008 game? 
Uh, no lie, I was right on top of it, but I swear I couldn't hear nothing. Pause. Big pause. Uh, I, I can't hear nothing Spikes was saying because it was so loud out there. Uh, you, you can't literally hear anything. So I'm not sure what, what B Spice said. Probably some funny shit because he funny as shit. Like, by the way, people who don't know, B Spice is one of the funniest cats I ever met in my life. But yeah, he, uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he said, to be honest. Hey, what kind of trash talker was, was Spikes? We've talked about you, we've talked about Crowder, we talked about Siler. What kind of trash talker was he? Was he a, a research type of guy that knew girlfriends, mothers' names? Or was he just a funny guy, like, on the spot? What, what kind of trash talker was wow, he? Just, we just talked. I mean, shit, he was good, you know. He, he didn't really have to say too much, but he did, you know, because he played he play well. You know, he's going to go out there and either you believe what he's saying or he's going to hit the shit out you. So we, we either or, you know. Hey, shout out to Spike for pulling up to the South Carolina game, man. I seen him in the locker room flicks, flicking it up, hanging out with the fellas. Yeah, hey, Carolina boy. Yeah, he's hanging out. Dope stuff, man. That's it. Deep Dive 35. Shout out to my dog, Russ. Russ Another Russ. beautiful show. Hey, we 71, fellas. Can't get no better than that. Well, 80 no, but, you know. Can't get no better than that, man. Besides, can't no. get, hey, man. Hey, we just gotta get better each week. Hey, hey, look around the state, fellas. Look around the state. You know yeah, what I'm poverty. It's a, it's a poverty state right now. <laughs> poverty. Yeah. State right now. yeah. It's just, I, I feel great, man. I like the direction. Um, Dan Muller got the program going. Everything's on the up and up. Oh, we also got the Gator panel. Let me, um, let me go ahead and shout that out. We're recording the Gator panel Thursday. It'll drop Friday. On Gator Dave's platform and also on, on Stadium Miss and Gail as well. Also, uh, you can check that out. Friday, we hanging out on the panel this week, convene as a family and talk uh, rich, rich shit. You know, good life. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a couple things that I wanted to uh, to mention that I, I wasn't able to uh, to get in there earlier. Pause. Um, was number one, you know, Florida has thrown for more yards. Got list, huh? I got a list. I got a list of things. These are we'll call these uh, dandy facts. He's a um, number of them bitches. So I feel you. Yeah, yeah, and get his stuff on his own name. Yeah. Like, dandy that's right. Like, what? Yeah, dandy dandy facts. Name. You gonna nickname his own part segment? That's right. Yeah, that's right. I can't, <laughs> can't trust. I can't trust you guys. I can't trust man, you guys. man. Hey, I'll, I'll just live in your world, Dan. You know what I'm saying? That's right. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, so number one, number one A. Uh, Florida has 17 wins. And four losses over the last two seasons. Our friends at Miami and Florida State are 18 and 21 over that same period of time. Things you love to see, right? Number one B is Florida has more wins this season than FSU and Miami have combined this season. It's pretty incredible. Those are my, those are my, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, there's one more. There's one more. Florida has thrown for more passing yards this season. Then all of the 2017, 2014, 2013, and 2012 season. Pretty incredible stuff. Those are – stay tuned for next week for more dandy facts. Back to you guys. This man said dandy facts. Dandy facts. All right, Dan. Nobody's going to sponsor the lame segment, bro. Oh, yeah. Take his facts? All right. Take facts. Names a work in progress. Dantavious Facts. If, it, if you would like to sponsor Dandy Facts, please reach out to me. Steve Ringale. Now, if you want to re- if you want to sponsor Dantavious Facts, 
<laughs> reach out to Dan and, and, and specify you want, you want Dan Tavius facts. They're the same facts, just a little bit more ratchet. I got it. Yeah, you got to say hi. That's what you say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, good show, boys. Uh, who's, got the, uh, who's got the song this week? I got the song, bro. Woo, that means you next know? week is me. Oh, shit. That's, that's always the sad part about me picking a song, man. <laughs> I know they ain't got some shenanigans the next yeah, week. Like, they ain't got some that's right. The, the, the week before the Florida-Georgia game, I saw Oh, the my goodness. And, and, and look, and there's going to be some shit that he done met somebody in North Dakota and want to hear their song. <laughs> that's right. Find some right. shit like that, like one of his homeboys' song or something. <laughs> that's right. He might go some, some – I mean – I don't yeah, know. Dan, Dan, it's, it's Georgia game. I know he's going country. I got to see hey. if he's going to give us Dan or Dan Tavius. So it's going to be either or, man. You know, we get some Dan, but I'm gonna take us out of here with something smooth, man. I, I, I like the I like vibe music. Put something in the air and vibe. You know me, man. Um, probably put y'all along to this dude. Y'all probably never heard of him, but his name's Lucky Day. Lucky right. D A Y E, and it's called Rose Some Mo. Smooth tunes, man. Look, put, one in, put, put one in the air and vibe, Dan. A cigar, it hey, is. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing this song for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gonna listen to this. What's, one what's his name? Lucky, Lucky day? day. Yeah, yeah. Lucky day. Oh, man, I ain't gonna tell you what I put in my phone. All right, Lucky day. Lucky day. All right, what's boys. Up? What's it's up? It's a week off. It's, we got roll some more. It's a week uh, off, baby. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, oh, fine, relax. Hey, Kick speaking of weeks off, if you are in Tampa and you want to come swing by uh, Bay Cannon Brewing, I'll be out there with. Uh, with Eric Wilbur, Gator Great. I'll be out there with Allie Peak, his, uh, his lovely wife. I'll be out there uh, with uh, two unfortunate people and Josh Newberg and TJ uh, Pittenger as well. Um, but if you want to hang out with the three of us plus those two uh, ragdolls, you just let me know and we'll, uh, we'll be out there. Bay Cannon Brewing from noon to three, um, just hanging out heavy. Yeah, All man. Right. Shout, out, shout out to um... – to Eric Whipper's wife, here and TJ got a pod together on the Big Three Roll Up Network called Peak to Pit Podcast. So check them out on that as well. I haven't checked it out myself. I don't know what TJ talking about, but um, y'all check that out. Already, so I forgot what uh, the song right. was again. Uh, Lucky Day, D A Y E, and Roll Some Mo. That's what it's called. Roll Some Mo. Hmm. See you, boys, next week. Already. Oh, hi, y'all, boys. <laughs> Just lay up, lose half of this pain stuff.